Our scripture passage for our sermon this morning is, is one you might recognize from the start of our service. This is actually our call to worship, the words of Jesus found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Here are these words from the mouth of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these words of Scripture. I thank you that you've revealed yourself to us uh, most clearly in Jesus Christ and the Scriptures that testify to him. So I pray in these moments that you would move by your Spirit, that you would uh, enlighten our hearts to see the majesty and the beauty of Jesus, that our heart affections would chase after him all the more, that we would be renewed in our minds and you would make us people who are more and more like him. I pray all this in his name. Amen. So in my house, we get these calendars every year and maybe you've seen them too. They, Of course, they have the month and the weeks and the days for a calendar, but on each month they have uh, these beautiful pictures that are painted and in the particular calendars I'm thinking of, it also has a quote with each month. And most of the time, the quotes are things about, you know, making the most of the time that we've been given or making memories, things like that. But a couple years ago, on one of these calendars, we turned the page into a new month, and there was a quote there from Ralph Waldo Emerson, a name you may know. <laughs> and... Um, the quote really bothered me. It got stuck in my head, and I've kicked it around for a couple of years now um, because it hit me the wrong way. Um, and this is the quote. This is the quote. The world belongs to the energetic. The world belongs to the energetic. Now, that sounds great, right? Especially if you've already had your morning cup of coffee. Uh, maybe you're thinking in a worship service, this is a time of encouragement, we get going. Maybe it's like a pep rally, uh, rah, 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 we're going to be energetic. We're going to go take the bull by the horns. We're going to go rush the world for Jesus. But aren't you tired? Aren't you a bit worn out? Tired of uh, trying to get the energy motor started, um, trying to propel yourself down the road in this weary world. The truth is, we live in a world uh, where we have a hundred different things demanding our time. And it can feel hopeless when we try to find a balance between it all. And if that's true of you, if you're tired, and it's true of me for sure, then I invite you, um, because Jesus invites you, to give up this endless hamster wheel way of trying to prove ourselves in this tired world and find our rest in Him. He invites to take all the burden that we carry on our shoulders to try and prove ourselves, and to cast that burden on Him and to live the rest of our lives, but not just the rest of our lives, today and even tomorrow, Monday morning, to live this in the reality of being a person who is fully known and fully loved and fully redeemed by Him. I know it sounds too good to be true, but that's the promise. That's the invitation from Jesus for us to come to him weary and burdened and find rest. So what is this rest that Jesus gives that can be kind of an abstract concept, right? What is this rest? What does it mean to rest in Jesus? Well, that's the very essence of what it means to have faith in him. 
to receive His grace as a gift. That's what, a, that's what grace is, a gift. To receive His grace as a gift and to rest in the knowledge that you are who He says you are. To rest your identity in Jesus Christ and your confidence in Jesus Christ and find Him as your source of strength and power. Now, if you read through, we just read a couple of verses from the Gospel of Matthew, but if you read through the first part, the chapters leading up to chapter 11, you'll see that Jesus arrived in the midst of a profoundly weary world. Um, people there are weary of, of, of politicians using their, their power um, in violence and fear. You know, in chapter 2, we see uh, King Herod, the king at the time, responds to the birth of Jesus, not with joy, but with fear, and he responds with violence, profound violence. It, it, it forces Jesus and his family to literally flee from their homeland as refugees. People are tired. They're tired of this weary world. People are also tired in the Gospel of Matthew of the religious leaders who keep laying impossible burdens on their shoulders. These burdens that tell them wrong things about who God is. Um, they, the religious leaders at the time were making a relationship with God out to be this incredibly tiring thing. The picture uh, that they were painting of who God is is not one that really cares about us or cares about our hearts. That He might just care about us doing some external actions, but not really who we are. And they had painted... Uh, they had painted a picture of God that made him look like Herod, a tyrant who was really only in, for, in it for himself, only there, only concerned about his own self. People are weary not just of that. They're weary of sickness. They're weary of disease. They keep coming to Jesus in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their diseases, looking for healing, looking for help. They're weary of the spiritual darkness all around them. They're weary of the spiritual darkness in their hearts. They're tired, and everywhere they turn, they don't find relief. They find more demands. They find more trouble. They find more weariness. Does that sound familiar? It should, because this kind of thing wasn't unique to the time of Jesus. It wasn't unique decades later when the Gospel of Matthew was written. It's not unique to now either. Now, the circumstance change, circumstances change generation to generation, but the weariness that political leaders and religious leaders in the state of our broken world lays on our shoulders, that weariness is a common thing. So, into this weariness, back then and even today, even right now, into that weariness, Jesus speaks this word, this invitation that we've read in Matthew 11, a call for us to come to Him in the midst of our weariness, in the midst of our being burdened down, and, and learn from Him and His gentleness and his, his humility, the depths that He will go to pursue us in the midst of our um, weariness. Now, this is not an invitation, resting in Jesus, is not an invitation to disengage, to turn, uh, turn our back to the world around us or pretend like uh, the things we do don't matter. That's not what resting in Jesus is. What it is is, a is an invitation to enter into a completely different way of life, a completely different way of thinking and, and loving um, than what we've been handed by the world around us. The invitation to rest in Jesus means that we can turn away 
from those false gods, those idols that we serve that can never satisfy, that we don't have to keep bowing at the altar of the God of people's approval. We don't have to keep coming to the false God of control, thinking that we can meticulously control our lives. It wears us out, right? We don't have to keep coming to this false God of reputation, of needing to earn a place, a justification in God's sight or anybody else's. We have that by promise in Jesus. We don't have to keep coming to the false God of success, the false God of security, the false God of pleasure. We can rest not in these false gods that cannot deliver what they promise. We can rest in the true and living God revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And that rest for us It's knowing that His love for us is secure. As I said earlier, it's receiving His grace as a gift, what it has always been, and it's resting in that as the foundational thing for our identity. It's coming back to His grace time and time again and knowing that we are defined in our very being by His love before anything else comes into the equation. We find in Jesus a God that is defined by his generosity. But this isn't just true um, of Jesus being a teacher that points to us and says that God is loving. He could just tell us some stuff, but no, he actually accomplishes something for us. Not just telling us that God is loving, but he proves it in his life, his death, and his resurrection. We find a God who is generous um, in Jesus taking on our sins. Scripture talks about that, that in his uh, crucifixion, he has judged our sins on the head of Jesus, not our own. So there's no wrath for our sin. Even though we are guilty, we should be guilty in God's eyes, that Jesus serves as our substitute so that we can come to God and be forgiven. We can rest in that. We can know that he bore the burden not just of the false verdicts of the political and religious leaders of our world, those wearying leaders and what they put on our shoulders, but he actually bore the weight and punishment for our very own sins, freeing us from the power of sin, forgiving us from the penalty of sin. So now, because of Jesus, in whom we stand by faith, We, in God's sight, are not only forgiven, but we're righteous. We're declared righteous before God as a gift. And that is our worthiness. That is the firm foundation on which we can stand. That is the place we can rest. The place of security and assurance. Who we are in Jesus. And that becomes the core of who we are. So now we have the rest of knowing that sin, our sin, even the worst of it, is not the final word about us, but that God's grace is. That we need not wonder if God will one day reject us. We don't have to wonder that we'll get to uh, some judgment day and God will go, actually, I shouldn't have given, I shouldn't have given him grace. He, he, he's too bad. No, there's no kind of outlying sin that's going to come uh, swooping in to condemn us. And Jesus, the God who knows all, Um, condemned our sin in him so that we could be reconciled to God to rest in him. And that's the rest that Jesus offers us today. So in a world that tells you you're only valuable if you're energetic, remember our quote at the beginning, the world belongs to the energetic. In a world that tells us we are only valuable if we're perfect, 
in a world uh, full of false gods who make promises that they cannot keep, in a world where our hearts are so prone to chase after things that can never satisfy, Jesus invites us to come to him and to find rest. Not another burden on our shoulders when we're already tired, but to find in him grace today, tomorrow, and forever. Receive and rest on his unending, never failing, never giving up, sacrificial love for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this rest, that we by faith can enter into it, that we can own this identity that Jesus has won from us and we can won for us and that we can turn from these false uh, idols that we chase after and we can find our all in all in you and that we are never turned away but there is grace upon more grace upon more grace I thank you for your kindness and your love thank you in Jesus name amen now God doesn't send us out on our own he doesn't tell us to uh, or you know in online church he doesn't say click the X <laughs> log off and then figure out the rest on your on your own um, no he actually goes with us and he confirms that he goes with us in this word of promise from Numbers chapter 6, what could be called a benediction, a good word. So receive this benediction in the name of Jesus. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen. Go in peace. <laughs>